Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. My goodness, that is so funny. That is so funny. It's so real in so many different ways. I'm, I'm definitely a dad joke guy, and I'm to the point where my, my kids roll their eyes at me every time I tell a dad joke, including my wife. She rolls her eyes as well. But uh, how powerful is it to be a dad? Um, I am the proud dad of two daughters, and uh, if there was a, an experience in my life that has changed me radically. I mean, in every way, shape, or form, it's my, it's my kids. And uh, I'm privileged to be married to Karen. It's amazing. We've had two daughters, and there's just nothing better than that. And now we have seven grandkids. And uh, that's a, a pretty amazing thing, too. Pretty crazy thing, actually. And so um, what a blessing. Happy Father's Day to you all. And uh, I hope you dads are enjoying your day. We'll enjoy the rest of your day and have a good time. On your way out, you're going to get a little gift. Um, it's Sugar Daddy. Um, this is a dad joke, okay? This is, and and uh, it, it's not meant to be the sugar daddy that's the bad side of the sugar daddy. I just want to be clear with that. You know, there's, there's cougars and then there's sugar daddies. And either one is not the best image that we want to leave in your mind. And so um, you are the best dad in a sugary kind of way. Okay? So just remember that as you get that, as you leave the room. Uh, we just want you to have a good time. Enjoy a little bit of sugar, daddy, on, as you're on your way out. What a blessing it was yesterday. Uh, single mom's oil change went amazing. Amazing. And uh, it was just incredible to see all the sacrifice and the energy and the talent that was there. Uh, we had a great, great time uh, just changing the oil and most importantly, caring and loving for the moms. Several moms were, were left in tears and uh, not because we did a poor job, <clears throat> but because uh, the, great, the gratitude that they had. And uh, we were able to, uh, there's a tire company, Seven Day Tire, that we worked with in the area and they offered to help us give tires. Um, they, they're not donating them, but they're helping us uh, at a very, very reduced price. And we were able to help three different moms that had bare tires. In fact, one mom, the, the tire was about ready to just blow up. And so we sent them right over to Seven Day Tire and um, blessed to be able to do that. So not only were we able to help them with, with their oil, but as well as their tires if need to be. So that was a great thing. We'll continue doing that and many other things to minister to our community. We uh, are excited in August, the end of August, August 28th, we're going to have a, a Serve Our City Sunday. And uh, we will do what we did last year, and that is take a, an entire Sunday, Sunday morning. We'll meet here like we normally do, but then we will take off from here and go serve our city. We're not sure quite what we're going to do yet. We have some ideas, but um, we're going to take the entire church and go and serve somebody. And we're very, very excited about that. So it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, I believe that one of the most effective ways to uh, love our community, serve our community. And so let's keep doing that and let's see, let's keep our minds and our hearts ahead in uh, touching those around us. 
<clears throat> so today we're talk, continuing the series Armed and Dangerous. And by the time we get done, you will be armed and dangerous or have the opportunity to be that by simply just uh, understanding this armor that we put on. And this armor is amazing. It's the armor of God, the Bible says. So this isn't just armor. This is armor of God. We're putting the nature and character and likeness of God on. And as we do, our lives are changed. We've talked about several things. We've talked about um, the, the belt of truth, which I don't have a belt other than this belt, and I won't show you that belt. Um, but that truth or that girdle, the, we call them uh, the spanks of truth, if you will, uh, in today's vernacular, it shapes us. That the kind of the shape that it, it creates is a, a truth based all on truth. So the, the belt of truth is the armor of God, and we're putting that on. We, I, we talked about the breastplate of righteousness, and um, I have the breastplate of right, you know, a, a bulletproof vest here, and um, that is the very thing that we put on. This is our label. This is our our character. Why? Because when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we receive a title that says, "You are righteous." Why? Because we put on the righteousness of God, not our not our own righteousness but the righteousness of God. And then we talked last week about the shoes of peace and the idea that we need uh, <clears throat> the, the gospel of peace. When we travel with the gospel, we're traveling with the good news. Amen? And when we do that, we bring good news into the fight. We don't bring bad news into the fight. We're not just there to fight. We're there to reconcile and bring peace in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when we have the gospel in our lives and the, the, the gospel of truth, the good news, then it makes a world of difference. And today we talk about the helmet of salvation. And I talked to some friends at the police department and they gave me a SWAT helmet. And this thing is a beast. This thing is heavy. It is huge. And if you want to put the shield on, then I'm not going to do this because it'll mess up the microphone. But this is the uh, helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. I'll lift this up so it doesn't sound so weird. And, uh, but this is the helmet of salvation. And this is key to every battle. Because if you lose your head, you lose it all. Right? And, and what's interesting about the whole thing about the armor so far is that every piece we've talked about is a defensive piece of armor, with the exception of maybe the shoes that are, uh, can carry us into the battle and take an offensive position. But this is the helmet of salvation. This is, uh, this is uh, incredible. If you, uh, if you want, you can come up later, but this is the SWAT helmet, and this thing is hard and heavy, and uh, it, it actually made my head hurt. And so, and I have a big head. <clears throat> and so, um, that's what we will talk about today. Have you ever been in a fight? Anybody ever been in a, a fight, like a street fight? There's a couple that I've been in. I, you don't have to raise your hands. I mean, um, yeah, I beat up people. Um, <clears throat> when I, my, I remember vividly my first fight. And when I was a kid, I was an angry, angry kid, and I had rage in my heart. I mean, rage, just, just, just boiling over type of experience in my heart. And anytime I came against somebody that I didn't like or I, that were treating me poorly or whatever, I was just angry, angry, angry. I didn't have a lot of fights in school. I didn't fight a lot, but I was angry a lot. And I would yell and scream and all that kind of stuff. But there was a couple times where I fought. I remember this fight. Um, I did not open my eyes once. 
I, I mean, it was blind rage. And I did not land a single punch because you don't land a punch when you don't see what you're, sh- you know, you know, what you're trying to hit. And I just remember it had to look kind of almost, um, I mean, I was just swinging and, and my eyes were closed and I was punching and trying to hit something. But the person, all they had to do was take a couple steps back and watch. That's kind of how I was fighting. And I, was, I lost my mind. I lost my head. The best fighters. I, and I'm so impressed with people who are, are good at not losing their mind, not losing their, their thought and, and the concentration that it takes to, to, to perform at a high level because they don't, they don't lose their head. They don't get so angry that they're just swinging blindly at whatever. They watch and they're paying attention and all of a sudden, boom. You know, and they just land one. If you ever watch boxing, which I think is the dumbest sport in the world, because the, really the, the, the whole intent of that sport is to give the other person a concussion. What a brilliant sport that is. And I know some of you might like boxing, but man, it's just a, not a good, healthy one, you know, and uh, it's crazy. But have you ever just lost your head in a moment, in a situation, in a circumstance, and you know you're not in your right space, but you just aren't thinking straight, and it's gone? Well, that's what happens. That's what the enemy wants in our circumstances, is to have us lose our head, have us lose our sense of well-being, have, our, have us lose our sense of um, intellect, <laughs> uh, smartness, concentration, focus, all of those things. If he can get us to lose our heads, then we have, he has won the battle. We have lost the battle. And I think that's the important part of understanding what the helmet of salvation is today. And this will make a lot of sense as we continue to move on. Uh, have you ever been on a losing team? I've been on several losing teams. And it's easy to lose your head on a losing team because you kind of just go, oh, we're going to lose anyway. So um, I'm not going to, you know, you lose your hope to win. So then you don't give your best, and then you don't do your best, and then you don't focus on what really could help you win because you, don't, you know you're not going to win. And um, I just remember there were a couple times where I even coached some soccer teams, and they were terrible. They were terrible. I just didn't have kids that, I mean, they were kids that um, the parents made them play the sport. You're going to go out there, and you're going to learn how to play soccer. And they don't want to play soccer. They want to draw butterflies. You know, they, they, they want to walk, they, they, they want to stay in, the, in, the, in space and they want to think about different things. But there's nothing wrong with any of that, but they did not want to play soccer. And so they were just half-hearted players. They never liked to uh, practice. They never liked to uh, learn skills and all those kinds of things. In fact, they were socialites. They just wanted to be friends. They were always girls and they were always like, I want to just have friends. I just want to talk. I just want to emote and have a good time. And, and that, that's not just girls, but mostly girls and my experience with them. And so they were all the time just, let's, let's just talk. And, and I would say, hey, 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 we got to play. We got to play. And even in the games, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't any good. And so uh, they just lost their heads. They didn't have a head or they didn't understand or they weren't able to focus on winning, and, uh, which is what my heartbeat is all about. And so if the, if the enemy can get us out of our head or have us lose our head, then he has won. And we can lose our head by discouragement. We can lose our head by lost hope, which is the, that's the really big one. As soon as you lose hope, then you stop trying. 
You stop trying. You get to that point where it's, it's, it's not worth it anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. It's despair. As soon as he can get us distracted and looking another way and not paying attention to the war, you're going to get hit with uh, all kinds of stuff. And of course, rage is definitely one of those that causes us to lose um, our, our well-being. I don't know if you guys ever watch YouTubes and you see uh, <clears throat> YouTube videos and you see the um, uh, fights that they have in the road rage. I don't encourage you to do this, but if you want to see some interesting experiences, just go road rage on YouTube. And you'll see some crazy people losing their heads and fighting on the street and fighting, you know, breaking windows and doing these crazy things. But why? Because they've lost their heads. They've lost their minds. And, and they're so angry and so upset that they go and they do crazy things. And I've been there. I know what that feeling looks like. And when I ever get there, if I ever get there again, I, I, I go through this experience of going, oh, man, I hate it when I lose it. I hate it when I lose it. And if you are in a, a relationship, you know, they, they talk about crimes of passion. People lose it in their, it lose their heads. And then they do things that are, are just crazy out of rage, out of anger, because uh, how can this person that I love hurt me so bad? And then they hurt. And then hurt people hurt people. And it's crazy. And so uh, the enemy would do everything he can to help us or to try and make us lose our, our heads. And that's not good. And uh, we, therefore, we must put on this helmet, the helmet of salvation. And this helmet of salvation is amazing. It is the coolest thing. It's not a big piece of metal like this is. It's not, but it, it protects our head from the fiery darts of the enemy. The whole intent is to protect us. This is a defensive tool, not an offensive one. Very few people enter war and go headbanging everybody. You don't want to get that close to the enemy. You want to stay as far away from the enemy as you possibly can. But if the bullets come, the, you know, and I asked, there's a couple of scratches on here, and I asked the officer that I borrowed this from, I said, is that from a bullet? And he goes, no. I, I dropped it. And so <clears throat> um, I was trying to look for some heroic opportunity there, but there wasn't one. And so... Um, Ephesians 6.10 says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. So we're doing that. We're learning what these pieces are all about. We're learning about the, the belt of truth. We're learning about the breastplate of righteousness. We're learning about the sh shoes uh, of the gospel of peace. We're learning today about the helmet of salvation. Next week, we'll learn about the shield of faith. Very excited about that. Uh, it says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Our intent, or the so that, is we can stand in the battle. So we don't fall. We don't uh, get knocked down. We don't lose the battle. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not people that we're fighting. It's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we want to beat down these guys that are the enemy. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, you're still standing. That's a good thing. Verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. 
Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. There are five commands in this passage that we always have to pay attention to. And these five commands are be strong, put on, stand firm, take up, and the last one is pray. The last one is pray. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord. It's not be strong in yourself. It's not have the power in yourself. It's not have the power in anybody else. Like Cole was saying, there's only one person we can depend on for strength, and that's in God. And it says, put on the full armor of God so that we can stand firm. And then it tells us to take up. And this take up part is this last part of the, of, of the, the armor of God. The, the breastplate, or I'm sorry, the shield of faith. The, uh, the helmet of salvation. And then pray. These two things, we need to take up the shield of faith. We'll talk about that next week. And the, the helmet of salvation. Take up and put on these things. And when we do, we will be able to stand. I don't know about you, but I know that this world today is, has everything to cause us to get distracted, to be frustrated, to, to get angry, to do whatever we want. And the devil will use anything he can to get at us. And that's why we have to have this armor on. So why would the enemy want to attack the head? Why would he want to get to us here? Why would he want to take this out because everything begins here everything begins here and we have to understand that for you and me every motion i'm making right now just the the work that i'm doing standing all of those things are start right here you take this off everything stops everything stops and and i know i'm i'm is this way like too elementary but Listen to the profound part of this. If we lose it here, we lose it everywhere. And that's the reality of, of knowing what the helmet of salvation means to us and knowing what this actually is so that when we put it on, when we take it up and we put it on, it has its impact so that we are not taken out in the battle. The one thing that happens to, to anybody that's in a battle that doesn't have this on, the most vulnerable part of them to end the battle for them is to hit them in the head. It can hit me anywhere else besides the heart and I will live. You can hit me in the lung and I'll have a hard time breathing and I may end up bleeding out, but I'm not going to die right away. But the reality is you hit me in the head, I'm done. You take this off, I'm done. And if I don't have that protection on, we are done. And I just can't be um, more clear than that because I think it's so essential that we understand why does why does Jesus put this in here why are we being taught through the Bible that we need to put this on because it is absolutely essential that we have our head protected with the helmet of salvation salvation is the key salvation is essential to understanding what this helmet is and if we don't have it on, if we don't understand what the knowledge of salvation brings to our lives, then we will be lost. The helmet's pur purpose is simply this, to protection of the mind with the knowledge of salvation. Here's the truth. If the devil can get you to doubt your salvation or convince you that you have to earn it, he has won the battle. He has won the battle. 
Because everything starts with our salvation. Everything that starts in your head is much like, for your body, is much like your spiritual life. If you aren't convinced you're saved, then you aren't winning the battle. And the devil is going to do everything he can to get us to doubt our salvation or try and earn it. If he can make you a religious person without receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's won the battle. Because you, you know you can do all kinds of good things. You can come to church. You can read your Bible. You can do all that. But if you never tell Jesus, Jesus, I am a sinner and I need you to save me. If you never say that and you never confess with your mouth that he is Lord of your life, the leader of your life, and you haven't, you, it doesn't matter what you do, you're on your way to hell. And I know that's hard talk, but that's reality. And if the enemy can convince you that you aren't saved and that you can earn your way there, just work a little harder, just do a little more, just serve and do whatever, all these religious things, just do a little more. He'll, he'll beat you down. Because the Bible tells us clearly that we can't do it in ourselves, that even our good deeds are as filthy rags. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. So we have to have a, an assurance of our salvation. We have to have an assurance that we are saved. And that is the helmet that we wear. That's the helmet that says, I am a Christian. And I know it because I've done what it takes to be one. And I want to talk to you. I want to remind you. Don't, don't turn off the switch and go, oh, I've heard all this before. Well, you, you may have. Some of you in this room, others may not have had, heard, heard this ever before. And so I want you to, but it, it's, it's so essential that we grasp this idea of salvation. There's the doctrine of salvation is what it's called. And we need to understand what this doctrine is. First of all, we have to admit and understand that we are sinners and destined to hell. Without Jesus, there's no good news, as we talked about when we talked about the shoes of the gospel of peace. Remember, we said that without Jesus, there's no good news. Before Christ, no good news. No matter what kind of news you get, the end of the news is no good news. You're still on your way to hell. Now, after Jesus, there's no bad news. It's all good news. Why? Because we're going to heaven. It doesn't matter what happens to us. It doesn't matter what they do to us. It doesn't matter what they say about us. We are going to heaven. And that's good news. It doesn't matter what happens to our bodies. It doesn't matter what people say to us. It doesn't matter what goes on in our lives. There is only good news to follow once we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And we walk into the world that way. We walk in thinking that way. We walk in knowing that you can do anything to me. You can say anything about me. There's anything that can hit me. But in the end, I'm spending eternity with Christ. That's good news, right? The truth is we are sinners and destined to hell without Jesus. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Greek word of that meaning of that word all, the Greek meaning of that word all means all. Nothing fancy there. That's what it means. It means everybody is a sinner 
And it's so essential to the gospel or the doctrine of salvation because if we don't, if we believe we're already saved in ourselves or we got, we have ourselves together, or you, re- you, you read the you know, most recent self-help book and you're all good, you need to understand that self-help books don't help self because if you had, if self could help self, then you wouldn't need a self-help book written by somebody else to help yourself. Okay? Now, self-help books are good because they have good ideas, but they don't solve the problems all the time. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The next part of that doctrine of salvation is we are loved so much that God sent Jesus to die for us. That no matter what sin you've committed, no matter what point of life you're in, no matter what circumstance you're facing, no matter how bad you think you are, God sent his only son, John 3, 16, the famous verse of of scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. He loves you so much. My favorite verse, Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The gospel, the, the, the doctrine of salvation is so essential. We have to understand we are sinners. We need saving. And God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross because he loves us so that we can be saved. The third part of the doctrine of salvation is we have a Savior who became an atoning sacrifice. Not only did he send his son, but his son paid the price for the punishment of our sins. He paid a ransom. Hebrews 2, 14 through uh, verse 3 says this, or chapter 3 says this, since the children have flesh and blood He too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. So Jesus came to break the power of death and free those who all who uh, free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. There was death without Christ. There's death for surely it is not the angels he helps. But Abraham's descendants, for this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people, because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. The very important part of that is simply this, and that he might make atonement for sins. Atonement means that he pays the price. So if you go and you get a ticket speeding and someone else comes and pays your ticket for you, they are making atonement for your ticket. They're paying the price for your mistake. And that's what Jesus did. And it's essential to the doctrine of salvation that we understand that Jesus has paid the price for our sins. There is no work that we can do to earn that. There's nothing we can do to pay that back. There's no requirement to pay it back. Jesus says here, 
I give you a free gift of mercy and grace. I have paid for your sins. And as a result, if you will receive that in faith, you are righteous and you are saved. That's the power. That's the simple power of that. And as a result of that, we are saved from the punishment of hell. Hebrews 2.14 says this, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is, the devil. We are freed from any punishment of hell in the future. And when we have that, when, we, when the devil comes and he says, Hey, you're not saved. He says, Devil, you're on your way to hell, not me. Boom, boom. Dart of the enemy. Hey, doubt your faith. You're not a Christian. You don't live a perfect life. Boom. Bullet mark. But no penetration. Come on. That's the beauty of, of understanding that we are saved is that we don't have to believe what the devil tells us. We don't have to take the, the darts and the fiery uh, uh, the darts that he throws at us because we know without question that he has saved us, that he has defeated the devil. There is no power that the devil has to send us anywhere. And that we are victorious. Why? Because of our salvation. And when we put this on, we are winners, not losers. We don't lose our head. We don't lose our head in battle. We win. And when, when these guys go into a room, I've, I've participated in, um, in an active shooter training here at the church. And what they did is they uh, gave me a gun. That's dangerous. It was a gun with blanks in it. And they told me, we want you to hide someplace where you can get a clear shot of wherever these officers are coming through. And so I hid right at the beginning of the stairs there, and they were coming in this door on the side of the building. And I hid in, in the very corner right behind the... And, and I guarantee you, had it been a real thing, that first officer for sure would have been shot. Now, I don't know where I would have shot him, I, you know, but he had his helmet on. He had his whole gear on. So hopefully and prayerfully, if he ever came through that door for real and there was a bullet going his way, he would be protected. But the power is that there's no way I could have hurt his head because he had his helmet on. And, and that's you and me in this whole salvation story. We need to understand that with the knowledge of salvation, we cannot be defeated. We cannot be taken out. We cannot be taken out of this battle. And we must understand that the, the devil cannot threaten hell against us because hell is taken out of the equation. Salvation is our helmet. And not only that, but our salvation allows us to experience parts of heaven now. Jesus tells us how to pray. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So his will can be done on earth as it is in heaven, which is a powerful reality because we get to live in that reality of, of God bringing heaven to us as we pray. And that's what happens for Christians. And then lastly, and very lastly, and, and this is a, just a reminder, heaven is our destiny. No matter what happens here, the good news is Jesus is taking us with him to heaven. 
No matter what happens to our lives, no matter what disease may befall us, no matter what uh, persecution may come our way, no matter what uh, the no matter what attack the enemy brings our way, we are going to heaven. And that's the doctrine of salvation. And that's the helmet that we wear. And as long as we keep this on and we don't let the enemy make us doubt or distract us or, or try and help us think that we need to earn our salvation, as long as we don't do those things, we will be protected from falling in this battle. So how do we put this helmet on? The Bible says in Romans 10, it says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What does that mean? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, the leader of your life, and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, that you have eternal life, you're saved. And that's it. That's how you put the helmet on. And you wear that helmet with pride and you just remember, remind the devil that his destiny is hell. Your destiny is heaven. And I believe that God wants the very, very best for our lives today. I worry sometimes for the church of America and the church of the world simply because I think the, the biggest lie that we absorb is that we need to do something to earn our way to heaven. That's the biggest failure of the church today is that we're not preaching the, the whole idea of understanding that we are saved by grace through faith. We're not saved by our works. We're not saved by our efforts. We're not saved by anything. Our works and our efforts are an expression of love to the one who has saved us. That's the beauty of it. And if we believe anything other than that, it's going to be a distraction or it's going to frustrate us because there's no way we can be good enough. I don't know about you, but I, I mess up. And I still have places to grow, and I still have things to perfect, and I still have, it, you know, there's plenty of room to grow. And, and there's no way I'm going to follow every law and every rule and all the regulations that people put on faith and, and Christianity. There's just no way. Am I making every effort to do that? Yes, because I love Jesus. Not because it's going to get me saved. That work was done on the cross. And so today, I hope that you just say, I'm not going to earn my way anywhere. I'm just going to love my way because I'm saved. Not to be saved, but because I'm saved. The doctrine of salvation is our helmet. And I want to encourage you today, put that helmet on every morning. Put that helmet on and say, I am saved. Jesus is my Lord. And I believe he was raised from the dead. And every day... Remind yourself of what he has done for you and the mercy and the grace that he's given you and go and live that with pride. Go and live that with hope in your heart because salvation brings hope. That's the bottom line. That's the beauty of it is that we are saved and he has saved you. You have the helmet of salvation on today. You can, you can take the bullets. You can take the, the fiery darts, the Bible says, and you will stand at the end of battle. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for each person in this room. 
I thank you, Lord, for uh, the fact that you love them. You care about each one of us. You came and you died on a cross because we are sinners. And we need saving. And you died on that cross so that our sins could be forgiven. You rose again on the third day so that we could have the hope of eternal life. And that is our life. Lord, I pray that you put it in every person's heart in this room that has made that confession that you are their Lord and you are the forgiver of their sins and that you rose from the dead. And Lord, you tell us that if we make those two confessions with our mouth, that we will be saved. And I thank you for the salvation of each person in this room and that the truth of our salvation is the helmet that keeps us safe in battle. For the enemy cannot distract us. The enemy cannot distort the truth. The enemy cannot take away our salvation. The enemy cannot tell us that we need to do something to earn our salvation. Because you gave it to us as a free gift. Because you gave it to us as mercy and grace. And we thank you and praise you for it. And today we determine to live with the helmet of salvation on all the time. And we thank you and praise you that you are our salvation, that you are our hope, that you are the one who allows us to stand in battle because you are our king, our Lord, our leader, and we are going to heaven with you. And we thank you for that. I pray for anybody that here, that's here that's discouraged in their faith, that's, that's uh, <clears throat> feeling um, deceived in their faith. I pray for anyone, Lord, that's going through a tough time, that's causing them to doubt their faith. I pray in the name of Jesus that you give them that sense and that confidence in their salvation today. And that will keep them standing in the battle. Maybe you're here today and you've heard this before. Maybe you're hearing it for the very first time online or on site. And you need to know that you can be saved. I say this every weekend. If you will just confess with your mouth that you're a sinner and you need saving and that you need forgiveness of your sins and you confess with your mouth that Jesus rose from the dead and promises you eternal life, the Bible says you'll be saved. So will you receive Christ today? Maybe you're in this room and you haven't done that yet. Maybe you're here today and you came in doubting and you're not sure and you need to re, kind of re-up and, and make sure that you are making those two confessions. Let's do it right now. Let's pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need saving. I accept your forgiveness based on the work you did on the cross. And I pray that you would just forgive me of my sins. And I thank you. And I accept that forgiveness based on the work you did on the cross. And I believe that you were raised from the dead three days after you died. And today you promised me eternal life. And that's my hope. That's the helmet of my salvation. And I thank you and I praise you for that. And I accept you as my Lord and Savior, and I will follow you for the rest of my life. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.